it feels like 10 years ago almost <laughs> now that <laughs> things have been stopped for a few months yeah it definitely does feel like a long long time ago i, I was hoping maybe we could just review to to share some some pleasant memories of that concert which um for your part consisted of the paganini concerto and then a, a fantastic encore that you you play all over the place in in lots of concerts but can you kind of take us inside the music of this incredible composer and violinist who many think have been might have been the greatest of all time with you know really no weaknesses or limitations as we can hear in his music which is almost operatic in this piece right well paganini's music is always uh, i've always had the soft spot for it i think partially because i grew up in italy this is this is a style that i I don't know, it comes very natural to me, particularly the, the lyricism in it. And I think sometimes among violinists, you know, we, we think it's easy to think of Paganini as somebody who just wrote really hard music, that it's kind of a chore to practice Paganini caprices and that's something everyone has to do. But uh, but I think this, he was really a wonderful composer and this is a, a really beautiful, charming piece that um, I think the virtuosity is is there to delight the audience. It's not so much for its own sake but he did make sure of course that he always um, dazzled everybody Yeah, he was this um, sensational violinist who just shocked everyone because uh, when he uh, when, when when he was traveling around Europe and showed up in a place and played, everyone was fainting and crying and just uh, <laughs> going crazy because they had never heard anything like it. But I, you know, I wonder like if we heard it today. You know, I don't know how how it would hold hold up to the kind of standard of playing we used to. It was just, uh, it was a different time where generally um, many of the active violinists were not, you know, did not have the technical level that um, people are, you know, have to have today to be a, a musician. But right. he, yeah, um, he was certainly way beyond his contemporaries. Yeah, it's, it's impossible to know, but it's fun to imagine. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. I've got to think, like many violinists, Paganini is is very close to you, but especially close to you growing up in northern Italy, not far from Paganini's hometown of Genoa and from Cremona, where the great violins come from, the greatest violins come from also in northern Italy. Uh, I wanted to ask you also if, um, this may sound unrelated, but I do come around to Paganini, if if cats are a part of your household. And you know, maybe I'm talking about the the seventeenth caprice. Right. So yes. Yeah, so so <laughs> so a few years ago, I made this video uh, of a cartoon with. Um, it's a cartoon where I I play for these alley cats, and I play the seventeenth caprice, which was a piece that when I grew up, 
And I did have cats growing up. I grew up on a farm, and we, there were a lot of cats, like not in the house, but just kind of living on the farm. Just because we would give them leftovers, sometimes they just uh, made their home there. And 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 as I got to know the Seventeenth Caprice, and since I spent a lot of time around these cats growing up, uh, I always thought of it as the cat Caprice because it does sound. Uh, like meowing some of these descending lines. And this is something I I, I would not be surprised if that was really the intention because Paganini, um, it's a very funny piece and Paganini did in his concerts imitate animal noises. Like there was nothing he wouldn't do just to to, um, get a reaction from the audience. It was, I mean, actually, this is the thing that I think if we saw him perform today, we might think it was like totally over the the top. (laughs) But... um, uh, like they weren't like very respectable concerts, you know. Like he just did whatever he had to do to get probably these really distracted, probably really terrible audiences he had to um, to somehow have a reaction. And and he did imitate animal noises. And I think maybe this is what the point of the Seventeenth Caprice was. So I had this idea of making a cartoon. It took a long time. It took um, I mean from the time I had the idea until it was done, it was actually seven years. Uh, and I mean, I didn't work on it all the time, of course, but it took a long time to find uh, the director, Paul Glickman, and the, the animator, whose name is Tamarin King, who's incredibly talented and made these, made the animation with a lot of humor and charm. And I think that's why um, it worked ultimately. Everyone's like, "When's the sequel? When's the sequel coming out?" So I'm like, okay, "I don't, I don't know." And <laughs> it's a fantastic video, uh, which kind of has echoes of of Disney's Fantasia, and the soundtrack that you provide is fantastic. Another video that I've enjoyed watching of yours in this time when we're not seeing a live concert. Well, lots of videos that you've been making, uh, some performances with you playing both violin and piano, some some Chrysler pieces that you've recorded and others. And also, uh, it looks like just a few weeks ago, your swing-style, Jenko Reinhardt, Stefan Grappelli-style performance. Yeah, I uh, I try to find when the concert stopped. I try to find you know things to do just to you need to have a goal to work towards. Otherwise, I mean for for me, I I, I that's where I find motivation. So I needed to set some goals myself if the if the concerts I thought I would be playing aren't happening. And um, part of that was to revisit music I hadn't played in a long time. Some some of these little show pieces I had never played. Some of them I'd played a long time ago. Some things like the Django Reinhardt, Stefan Grappelli, it was music I'd always really admired. Um, yeah. Didn't get around to playing that one before, and uh, and I've had a lot of time, a lot of fun with it. And the collaboration with myself that happened because you know I was playing a lot, I was practicing a lot by myself, and I was really missing, I was missing playing with other people, and missing just having 
the sounds of another instrument together with the violin because there's some wonderful solo violin music of course but uh, ultimately it's in I, I don't know just so much great music does involve other instruments and it gives you something to play off of and react to and so I sat down one day and took out Rachmaninoff vocalese I think because it's uh, you know I think the 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 drama in the piece the flow of the piece is largely driven by the piano part so I I recorded the piano part and it's an electric piano so there's a record function and you can play it back and then play the violin part to it and it worked so well because I suddenly realized when I play the piano part I know how I want to play the violin part so actually in a way it's in a way it's much harder than a real collaboration because I don't hear myself at the same time but in another different way it's actually easier because I know everything I want to do with the other part. I'm speaking with Augustine Hadelich. He was recently, well, last January, here in Detroit, playing at Orchestra Hall, Paganini's Violin Concerto. His newest, one of his newer projects, is called Bohemian Tales and includes music of Josef Suk, Leos Janacek, and Antonin Vorjak, who wrote a concerto that's really not very unlike a concerto by one of his biggest mentors, right? You're referring to Brahms now. Uh, right. I assume, yes. <laughs> um, well, I think whenever Brom, whenever Dvorak writes symphonically, Brahms is not so far away. He he did he admired Brahms and he learned a lot from him. And and there are definitely some moments in the Dvorak violin concerto that remind me of the Brahms concerto, also of the Brahms in some ways of other Brahms pieces of Brahms symphonies. Um, but at the same time, Dvorak has his very own unique style which is uh, which is very Czech it could only be written by somebody from that country because it has has a strong connection to Czech folk music Augustine Hadelich, his newest recording is entitled Bohemian Tales. Hey, best of luck. Thank you so much. And I hope we'll see you back here in Detroit again. It was just fantastic to hear you at Orchestra Hall. I hope so, too. Thanks so much. It's great to talk to you. For WRCJ, this is Peter Worf. <laughs>